0: You're listening to For The Lore, the podcast that delves in the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Each week, Roger is joined by Joe and Vince.
1: Man, I wish my voice wasn't fucked up. I could try my Freddie Mercury. You're, it's... <laughs>
2: You know how this works. Volume starts to decrease. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's only been 184 episodes of and this one. is still perfect. God. You know what? I'm not even bothering. I, I'm not even bothering. Anyways, yes, 184 episodes of For the Lore. And during that time, one genre that we have really haven't talked a lot about has been visual novels. Not because there aren't any good ones, not because it's a genre that we don't think is worthy of discussion. There's a lot of different reasons why we haven't tackled it. Again, we have a few times, but not that much. Part of the problem, and when I say problem, it's literally in air quotes here, is that a great many visual novels happen to be done in Japan, and many of them are the type that are seen as, say, a dating sim. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with that. And if it's done properly and you have a good story behind it, I'm willing to play it regardless, as I know both Vince and Joe feel the same. Because it's all about what the story entails, not so much what the genre is or how it's presented even. And I actually have a lot of respect for the genre. I, I like visual novels, I always have. It's it's something that I actually worked with my son on, that type of game beforehand, the only downside is, of course, if you're not an artist or don't know an artist, you're kind of stuck there, and that was the big hurdle for us. I still think that someday, if I ever do something like that, it probably would be a visual novel. Now, as it would happen, one of our favorite new vidcasts has been Herons of the Cherry Blossom. Very fun to watch. Just so happens, of course, that it's hosted co-hosted by Vince's girlfriend, Alicia, and also hosted by Sushi Geisha. We are very... The Sushi Geisha. I was going to get to that. There's a reason why we had this theme music. It's <laughs> the Sushi Geisha. But we're very happy to have them on the show. Joe is actually going to be off today because it is his birthday. So everybody send him some happy birthday wishes on Twitter. So it's just going to be the four of us. We're going to discuss some of what they discuss on their video, their their vidcast, which happen to be Atome's, which are... Well, actually, I'll let you girls discuss that in a moment but we're also going to discuss some other visual novel type stories as well that we have tackled in prep for this and and had to
1: shower afterwards because they made us feel so dirty <laughs> not so, mine mine were great oh 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 the you ones. made poor life choices my friend i really did
2: <laughs> i relied on <laughs> whether it was positive mostly positive or whatever on steam You should know damn well that the better the
1: score, the grosser it probably was.
2: (laughs) This was part of the joy of doing this. But anyways, Alicia, Sushi, thank you for being on the show. Thank
0: you for
2: having me. Hi. Hey. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Alicia.
0: Hi. Thanks
3: for having me. Thanks for having
2: me. I am very happy to have you girls on. Whose idea was it to actually put together the Heroines as a Cherry Blossom? Uh, Well...
3: It's really funny because uh, I had constant me and Sushi, our friendship basically started and formed over a love of Otome. Uh, we had just found each other randomly online and got to talking about mobile Otomes together and started talking about Hakuoki. And that had been for about two years. And I remember her constantly saying, you know, I really wish there was an Otome podcast. I really wish there was an Otome podcast. So one day I was just like, okay, let's do it. She's like, oh, okay. So... We just decided we had about a month to prepare to get everything together to figure out how to actually use OBS and other various you know software programs, and that's kind of where it came to life. So it's a little bit of both of our ideas. It's definitely a
0: collaborative effort for the two of us.
2: And actually, Sushi, I'll let you explain for our listeners what exactly is a no to me.
0: Um. Well, I mean, I think you pretty much summed it up fairly well. It's considered a dating sim. Um, it's a visual novel that has romantic aspects to it. Um, some of them are a bit more um, blunt, I guess you could say, with it, and some are kind of woven in. Um, I think the word you're looking for is boring. Allie, uh, as Ali <laughs> mentioned, uh, Hakuoki kind of has a history to it, and the romance is kind of lightly Moving in where you have maybe something that I know you will probably want to talk about, amnesia, which is very much, I would say much more straightforward a dating sim.
2: Okay, so the other ones you're talking about, like on average when you're you're playing these, are most of them fairly strongly trying to weave you down a path that is a romanceable option, or is it more often than not the story? That's what's driving the, the plot decisions.
0: Um, Allie, correct me. Get, you know, give me input on what you think. But to me, I think it depends upon the platform. I think um, if you're playing like a mobile Atome game, it's definitely much more um, love-driven. Um, trying to find that right route and saying the right things. But then sometimes you can have um, maybe one on the Vita. Where, like, there's a new one out right now called Code Realize. The story kind of overtakes the love aspect. So, um, to me, I just, I I guess I would relate it to whatever system I'm playing on. Usually kind of affects the story. Really? That's weird. No, no, I definitely
3: agree. I think with the Mobile Otome, they kind of just drive the point more in a romance-driven Danielle Steele-esque fashion, and I think that's just because it is a free platform and it's a little more accessible, so the story isn't nearly as long in a Mobile Otome that you would see in perhaps a uh, platform-based or a PC or console-based Otome, much like you know the Vita games, like Code Realize. I definitely would agree with that. With those, you'll see more of a little, um, almost a hybrid of romance, maybe mixed with science fiction, fantasy, I would consider Amnesia to be somewhat of a hybrid of romance meets mystery, kind of like dinner theater fashion, if that makes Dark sense. Dark horror. Dark horror. Petco <laughs> <laughs> sponsored, you know? It's it's all a matter of interpretation. But definitely, I think there's a lo- you have a little more depth, and I think it also goes into the fact that the developer on a lot of the console-based Atome games, they have a little more of a financial backing to be able to expand on the story to really give it a little more depth. So it's you're limited to what you can do on the mobile Atome, but it still serves the same purpose, I would say.
2: I know that we've seen this in different, be it Kickstarters or whatever too, where they're talking about it, they need to reach a certain goal before they'll even consider the Vita, say, because a lot of the developmental tools for those are not going to keep getting updated and the Vita is getting towards the end of its life cycle. So that is no doubt something that's also influencing whether or not you're going to have a lot more otomies or or visual novels on it, which is too bad because the Vita is pretty much made for that kind of thing. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely agree. And what we're seeing now being the all too bigger issue, I mean, even overruling licensing now is just localization, is just finding somebody that could provide the proper localization that would give little to no, you know, translation error, you know, stateside. That's coming to be probably one of the bigger things that we have to tackle here stateside in comparison to what's releasing in Japan.
2: Well, that's something that I noticed, like case in point, Joe and I were talking about this just because I happened to find it on, it was a Twitter thing that popped up and I I can't remember who retweeted it, of course, but it was this undead darlings game. And I started reading up on this and I thought it was hysterical because it's a dating sim for like zombies, (laughs) like necrophiliac (laughs) dating sim game. But then I started reading up on it, and it's more of a Western-developed one, and it's also trying to blend visual novels with a dungeon-crawler RPG. And the more I read about it, hmm. as ridiculous as the concept sounds, it was kind of interesting. And I was going, even though I'm not really into dating sims, if you can make the story interesting, and they're looking at closing in on over 300,000 words, and, and when they talk about what the story is, and I was like, whatever, it might be fun kind of thing. But then you realize that this is they're getting ready for yet another Kickstarter because their original one wasn't successful. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm wondering if that's something that is very much a hurdle for a Western audience or Western developers, which is why we're not seeing as many of these visual novel type games developed here versus in Japan. And it's too bad because, and you guys talk about this, you ladies talk about this on your podcast quite a few times about that hurdle with, not localization so much as the differences in story in various elements of a story that are far more accepted there than they are here. And you try to get past that. However, I can clearly say that there are some things that whether it is a localization thing that it's, it's accepted there or not that I just won't accept is the wrong term. I want support. I'm not gonna bother playing or give my money to something that is quite clearly be it misogynistic or stupid kind of thing. And it's a big hurdle to try to get beyond that. Because yes, you do have the young fanboys who will upvote different games just because of the sexual nature of them. But then you're also alienating then the adults who have far more disposable income, who would probably enjoy a story that's much more much put together much better and is far more intelligent. And sadly, that's one of the things that I found with every one of the ones that I played was not that the fact that it was so much fan service, but that it was so poorly written. And that was a huge downside for me for, for all the ones that I tried.
1: Mm -hmm. So the ones that you were, were testing out, were they the, the, female uh, protagonist or the male protagonist, Raj?
2: I tried both, actually. I did mm. try Amnesia, and we'll get into that in a minute, but I tried some other ones as well.
1: Because in my experience, the the male protagonist games definitely trend a lot more risque than the female ones do. Not to say that there's not exceptions to that rule, just on average, I'd say so.
2: I agree, however, what I found... Now, I am... We're going to talk about a variety of different things, and I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on this by any stretch of the imagination. And my experience is very limited. So, again, when I'm saying my opinions on different things, I'm not saying all automations. I'm not saying, you know, it's just what I've seen so far. Some played and some watching you ladies as well kind of thing. What's funny is that when you play the one where you are male and your romanceable options are are, are females, it's quite clearly fan service for young boys. Mm Mm-hmm. And yet, when you are looking at at least the ones that I was playing, like case in point, I did the um, Amnesia and I took the Icky route, which you ladies have discussed on your vidcast as well. And what's funny is that I'm playing this, and as I'm playing, at no point am I thinking, yeah, I can see how a woman would find this appealing or or anything. It still comes off as... Being written by men, putting in these ridiculous concepts like this boy whose eyes make women fall in love with him. I go, what kind can of I bullshit ask, is that?
0: <laughs> can I ask why he was your your first? I just chose
2: spade. I just it it showed when I I listened to the episode that you ladies did on this. I only listened to part of it. I'm not gonna lie, only because I knew I would be playing it. So I didn't want to be too heavily influenced. I listened to quite a bit of it, but not all of it. So, and I kind of—I'm old, medicated—I forgot a lot of it. So when <laughs> when it said choose one of these card types, I went okay, whatever, I'll choose spades because I figured the heart one might be a little too lovey-dovey for me, kind of thing. And so I was going, I'll just choose spades, whatever. And so there's this this guy, and again, it's it felt like fan service for boys, and yet it's a game that's meant to be played. By well, women or men who align themselves that way sexually, and so it was again this 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 you're this teenage boy who love him and well actually fuck him and leave him three months at a time, and his eyes are so dreamy that women just fall in love with him and want to do whatever he says. And I'm going, are you kidding well, me? <laughs>
0: unfortunately, unfortunately for you, he is. He was—well, he is the Playboy route, and a lot of these games follow um, types, um, and that is a pretty common type in Atome games is the Playboy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and I can say I agree with his route. It, it frustrated me. I would play it and go downstairs and tell my husband and just be like, I— I don't know what's going on with this guy. I, I I don't know why he just doesn't do, you know, if he likes me, why doesn't he just like me? You know, yeah. um, it's it. Unfortunately, you really did get the playboy route. And but I think a lot of people ag- agree with how you feel about Icky's route.
2: Um, oh, I was happy when he dumped me. I yeah. <laughs> won that route when he dumped me.
3: <laughs> I, I, I would I would add on to what Sushi's saying as well. Of course, you did get the uh, stereotypical playboy route, but given the premise of the game, being that you have absolutely no memory, it is going to appear that being that you only know his personality or at least what he's conveyed to you, it is going to be larger than life. So I think in comparison to other Otome's, given the premise of this specific one, it's coming to you a little heavier and a little more intense. And that's not to say that other Otome's don't care carry that larger than life personification when they have other playboy types in their tomes. But I think this one was a little stronger than others. I would go so far to say that.
2: See, I found it was, I I really didn't like the writing at all. I I thought the writing was horrible. I thought that the concept behind it was, Oh my God, it was such a piss poor cliche of an idea to drive an entire game. But then what bothered me Was that as I'm playing it, and you could tell me whether this is something that happens in all of the routes as well, because I tried to do another route. I tried to do the the Toma route, and I got partway through, (laughs) and I kind of went, fuck this shit. No, that's it. That's it. I've had it. Because, and and this might be, and I, I do not want to cast stereotypes of the differences between men and women. But Hmm. there are some differences between men and women, not all, but there are some things that are generally different. And I know that for me, as I'm playing this and I have so little control over the story and you're forced into this relationship and there's really very little you can do to say, no, go away. No, I don't want you or, or to kind of go somewhere else. And I understand some of that is limitations of the the medium, certainly, and, and the, the genre, I get that. But even this bug boy, pain in the ass little narrator bastard
3: <laughs>
2: is pushing you as you're going through the story, pushing you to be with this horrible playboy character. So even the guy that's supposed to be on your side from the beginning is, as the story progresses, trying harder and harder to push you into, force you into that relationship. And there were a lot of different things like that that I found throughout that really put me off of at least that otome in particular.
3: And I would I would agree with you on that one. And truly, I feel like I, I would agree with you that, you know, there was little to no control in this route. And again, comes with the fact that you know little to no of the storyline. I'm very glad that you actually didn't choose the Toma route because I think that one would actually anger you. Being that I know you on a, on a friendly level, I think that one would have actually struck you a little harder. And that would have upset you to degrees that you wouldn't have even expected to happen. But this game... Specifically, speaking of this, atome, if you don't know the premise of the story, it really it's a complete psychological mindfuck. And I said it many, many times in the podcast, and I say it to people when they're playing the game. This is a game with triggers. This is a game that is going to strike you in places that you didn't expect. And you have to be mindful of that when progressing through specific routes because it's going to attack you in places that you can't really combat yourself, much like constantly being pushed by Orion to go towards Icky for this route just to at least have a sense of safety. I I can't say that other Otome's are like that because you have the story presented to you. Some of them, you know, presented to you in a clear, dry format from the get-go, and they basically just preface and lay out the entire storyline to you, and there's others that do it in a form of a narrative that it kind of comes with a natural progression as you're going along in the story. This one didn't do that for you at all. You literally come in with nothing and you have to figure it out as you go along, which is why you have to play all the routes. It's a very backwards concept where it's, if you don't understand how atomes are played and you don't understand the tropes that you're going up against, it is going to come at you in a sense of attacking and you're not going to like it. I I will wholeheartedly agree with that, which is why I feel like this is a natural reaction for somebody who's trying this for the first time. I would never suggest amnesia as a first atome for anyone. And I really do stand firm on that. Yeah. I feel like that's not the one, maybe a historical atome would be a better one. I always, I mean, me and Sushi are in common agreement that, if you want something with good writing, what we feel are very, very great uh, CG art styles as well as good music to kind of really set the tone and atmosphere of the game, we highly suggest Hakuoki as the first Atome because going into something as, as, from the bat being amnesia of all games, it may immediately turn you off to the genre. And I feel like that's a natural reaction for either, you know, any man or woman to have. So I, I do I do share and understand your sentiments. I do.
1: The only reason I played Amnesia was because it was on sale for $3. Same. <laughs> and, you know, I made a promise to, you know, give an actual to a, my my full effort. And, and I went through all four routes and with various <laughs> degrees of success. Bastard. <laughs> but, well, since I had absolutely no interest in the game from a romantic aspect, I had to find different parts of the story. Well, I wanted one of these boys to be my soulmate. Well, here's the thing,
0: and and I noticed a lot of stuff narratively about this
1: game. It's it's kind of like Alicia says, it assumes you have a a familiarity with the genre. And I think it really plays along on a a lot of those preconceptions to twist the story a lot, because let's be honest, none of these four guys are winners. Like if if,
3: Kent is a winner, Kent, Kent Kent.
1: follow follow me here as they're presented (laughs) to you. If any of these four characters were in any other game, they would be the last route you would pick. Because... No, in
3: all honesty, no. I will, I'm will. i going to actually, I'm going to cause a rebuttal here. I'm going to put a rebuttal okay. here. Okay. Kent is the cookie cutter Tomei route of this game. I would yes. strongly agree because even he the is. way he's presented, even, even when at first
1: when he's like completely dismissive and emotionally yes. distant. Okay. Yes. That
3: is that is a very common trope that you, <laughs> but, but, but you then go here, up here, against Here's also what I'm yeah, saying.
1: But he's that an an is asshole. the best case scenario for the game. A guy who on the surface level is presented to you as could not care less about you. But Actually, that's
3: an, it's an all too common trope that you go through in the Atome games. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kent is the one that was the most what we put in air quotes, normal, he was the one that we're most acclimated to because that is a very common type. And you can get that from the get go on any other Tome, whether it be mobile or console based.
2: Sure, it, I, I it, see the, the the different characters kind of pop in throughout, and I mm-hmm. picked up on it part way through that oh, this would be the guy I'd see in this route. And yeah, there's there's, there's some
1: uh, some nice Camus visual storytelling with the character designs and the motifs that no, kind of I let you it. pick. Everybody's up on got things. belts on their shirts. What the fuck is <laughs> right, up with that? About, <laughs> Come you know, on. When, <laughs> and if, and if, if since you picked the the spade route first, I mean, as you're playing the through, little it was obvious which characters coming. Like a little Okay, just talk. Okay. I'm sorry but it's true the character designs were ridiculous. I'm not saying they weren't, but <laughs> with their with their visual motif of the, you know, the playing cards, it made it visually distinctive of you don't know the guy's names when you're picking your particular route. So if you pick, you know, the spade route and you see a guy with a big clover on his chest, it it gives you that psychological and subconscious connection of who the more important characters in the story are without it you know, flat out telling you. I, I thought it was very subtly well not subtly, it was over the top, yeah. but it, it, it was it was well handled. And it I think the game did a lot of good narrative stuff like that, despite the fact that you said the story is I'm I'm not gonna defend the story because it was hilariously well, bad for me too. But
0: I know one thing that Allie and I have talked about before is in that particular game mm-hmm. the order that you played mm-hmm. was very important. Yeah. Um, yeah
1: if, if I hadn't played the heart route first, I would have been completely lost because said, at least you guys would have had like that Otome familiarity to kind of guide you through some stuff. But the the way that it's presented with the heart route being the first on the list and it's the first one most people will naturally pick not knowing going in, it's also the one that explains a lot about the world and the game and the characters to you as you go through it. So playing through that one first does give you a greater appreciation for the other characters when you then go go into their storylines.
2: See, I found that the, the, the Kent character was just a standoff-ish jackass. The mm-hmm. Shin character was just trying to be this stern, again, jackass. And mm-hmm. who was the uh, the other one? Who was... Oh, Toma. I actually liked him initially. I knew, I knew he was going to want to put me in a cage, but my character didn't know that yet.
1: So she was all
2: right with him, but,
1: but, but yeah, and that's the thing where, where I'm talking about how it twists your expectations. The one character that does seem nice and caring is the one that turns out to be a complete psychopath. Oh, I don't know, freaking well,
3: Icky. Yeah, we we learned after the fact that Shin is the little, the little brother senpai, as we like to call him. Kent was the bookworm, very quiet scholastic type. Icky is, of course, the playboy, and uh, Toma, which was actually considered Japan's fan favorite. Was the protective big brother type. Uh, of course, they obviously have a little bit of a deranged side to each of them, but we didn't really get to know those unless we had done the story in order, which I made the fatal mistake of not doing. I actually chose Icky as a route first because I just picked randomly. And then Ukio is just, you know, stranger danger. That's okay. That's, explain to me how you can pick him.
0: him. Um, after you unlock all the good endings, um, oh. and then he unlocks as the secret uh, guy. And he has, I think, seven bad endings and one good ending and one normal ending. He's actually the true story. That's why he's locked away.
3: Exactly. And it's a it's a level of difficulty. It's almost as if you know unlocking him would be like unlocking Shang Tsung in Mortal Kombat, so to speak. I think it was a probability rate of like 12% to get the good ending, if you do it right, if you actually choose the right selections which it makes it an increased level of difficulty but hopefully by the information that you process from each of the other four routes it'll help you to you know gather enough intel to situate and have the right ending for Ukio.
2: despite feeling sick i'm quite certain that that mortal Kombat reference vince's heart just kind of swelled a few sizes there. <laughs> uh, akuma would have been a little better oh god so you had to ruin it
3: <laughs> i am mortal uh, Kombat street fighter I know. I know i
2: will say this though that even though i found it ridiculous. And I didn't, I I mean, kudos to anybody who does enjoy it. That's great. I'm just saying, obviously. Clearly we are not the the target audience. audience. But, and and, I mean, we got it on sale, like an insane sale kind of thing. But talk about a value for your dollar when you look at it from that standpoint. For three bucks and change, you're looking at all of these multiple routes with different endings per, plus the unlockable that has, according to you,
1: a number of routes as well. So that's kind of, again, for... for Yeah, I played for a good 15, 16 hours, and that was one playthrough each. That was not even close to unlocking everything. Plus, there's
0: um, mini games that unlock CGs, and um, I think you can unlock movies, stuff like that.
3: Yeah, uh, Tomes are very much a completionist game because there's so much that you can collect when unlocking and playing through the routes that you really do have to be thorough in, in, in your playthrough, which is, I think, what makes it half the fun. I think that's kind of part of the dichotomy of, uh, dichotomy of what makes an Atome so successful, in my mind.
2: Whenever a CG came up with Icky behind her or trying to kiss
1: her, I'm getting, get the fuck away from me, you jackass. <laughs> See, it's funny. Like I said, I was looking for something to connect with in each route. And for Icky, like what. My my hook was to continue playing through it, not giving two shits about Icky, but the the other chick with the fancy hat. What was her name? Rita. Rika, wasn't it, or something? Yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, Rika. Rika. Yeah, Rika. Yeah. She pissed me off so much. Yeah. It was my goal <laughs> in that route to steal Icky from her. I didn't care <laughs> about Icky. I just at one point I went, okay, fuck this chick. And <laughs> that's that's meta gaming cliff. right there, boy. And that's how I got thrown <laughs> off a cliff. <laughs>
3: And so did you go left or did you go right? I actually i trying to remember.
1: I remember oh. I, I had gone to dinner right before that. So I had a save point. So I tried every possible option and there was no no escape.
3: Oh, that's right. Okay.
1: I don't I, I
2: didn't get thrown off no cliff. He came by I essentially was cold as shit to him as I always was. And then that was the end of that. So they yeah. tried to do something, but it didn't work.
3: You know what? That's another thing that we need to bring at least a little bit of awareness with, with the Tomes is that your portrayal of the protagonist may sometimes be constant throughout each route in an Atome game or in a game like Amnesia, it is dramatically different because based on how the story is with each respective route, the protagonist is different ways. I mean, in Ken's route, she was, uh, innocent, uh, she was young, innocent, but kind of rambunctious and very loud and very much just a teenage girl. In Shin's route, she was, I think, a little more quiet, but she still wanted to project herself and gain confidence. That's why she chose to sing. In Toma's route, I think she was very scared, very shy. And I think in Ikki's route... She was still very much the same way as well. So she, you have to portray and make choices as a female protagonist in different mindsets and mentalities, which adds a little level of complexity that you really don't really see in a lot of other Atome games. I mean, you do have to portray the protagonist differently depending on the route that you choose, but it's not that drastic or polar of a change that I think than you had to do in Amnesia.
2: See, I, and again, I had watched you ladies play a variety of different ones in your streams and whatnot as well. Not a ton, but but some. And. You were really getting into clap, Roger. Which one was that? <laughs> which one was that? Was that the last one she was doing? No, the last one was a cat one. That was different.
3: Oh, uh, no, no. The sushi's. That's how sushi's one is clap. Kind love.
2: Oh, the yes, yes, yeah. The way. Uh, See, the problem with that is that you don't know what the fuck is going on because it was all in Japanese. I mean, you're literally just hitting the the button to get through it all and relying on somebody in chat to tell you what's
1: going on because you can't tell what the hell's going on.
0: Well, well I just so it's, it's there, literally
1: choose your own story. I mean choose your own adventure. <laughs>
0: there there are like summaries of guides. Um Bradmaster Lee, she is very well known um for giving really detailed summaries of what's happening and reviewing the games and telling you if they're crap or if they're worth it so you don't waste your money. Um, and I had her guides up, but you know, it is a summary. So yeah, I don't really know what's happening, but until You know, I've been eyeballing that game forever. And until they come over, I I can at least, thankfully, import them because the Vita and the PlayStation TV is region unlocked. So I can at least put it in that way. But, yeah, I mean, it is very awkward, especially streaming. Um, I don't... I can't... It is a bunch of letters. I have no clue what's going on. I can guess, and hopefully, you know, someone will be there to give input but i think why that one is a little bit easier why i've considered doing that one compared to some of the other ones is because of the whipping game that kind of inserts itself and makes things funner funner is that a oh, word?
1: feathers a, and stroking was game. pretty much universally understood. Roger was giving very detailed instructions as to what to do with that feather. It's pretty <laughs> obvious what to
2: do. Let's be honest here. Come on. Why are you avoiding the core area? We all know what you have to do.
3: <laughs> I heard you were really upset that uh, when we finally got laid by Akito, I heard that you There was, you, was no laying well.
2: involved. There was there clothes was. on, there was a little bit of time. kiss. There
3: was, there was, there was mild catch-up time. Nothing.
2: There, was. there was nothing.
3: It was it, taste- did you ever oh, send him done. that link
2: by the way it was
3: I did but he chose not to listen to that no, uh, listen listen to that Smart he, move. He, he, he <laughs>
2: but no there was there was nothing going on there now I want to ask you you ladies something quite seriously as well and and again it's not judging in any way shape or form but when we look at say again amnesia because it is one that is popular as well i do hear it mentioned a lot more on twitter and things like that and you ladies have talked about it several times on, on your vidcast when you look at the writing in amnesia now you don't have to agree with me you can think the writing was phenomenal that's what i'm I'm looking for as an honest opinion comparing it to the majority of the other ones that you have played is it on par better or worse than uh do you want
3: to I mean, I I know where I stand on that. Sushi, you can go first if you want or I'll go first. You Um
0: to me, I would say um it's on par except for Hakuoki, and I hate to keep saying that because nope. um most Atome fans are sick to death of Hakuoki. It's I don't even know when the first fucking game came out. Um it's been out forever and they've beaten it to death. They're still beating it to death. Um, and most Atomi players are so sick of it because that's the only one we've really gotten. That's like the you know, the, the one that standard, they stand beside. And it is great and it is fabulous, but there are a million other stories out there and people that we want to meet and experience. And um, so I would say Amnesia is on the level of everything... Uh, most of the other ones I've played, I would say it's equal to clap. Um, I had feelings. I cried in (laughs) playing amnesia. I got pissed off. I, you know, I mean, those, that makes me feel like I got my money's worth because whether I liked it or I didn't, it gave me a feeling. And, um... Oh, I had feelings. (laughs) (laughs) So I would say that it's on par. Hakuoki, because you have that history, like real, actually history, and it was just so well written it's kind of on a different level for me. Mm-hmm.
3: I would say i i will I'll agree that I, Hakuoki, although it has been beaten to death, the story and the narrative to Hakuoki, I think was done in a way, and I think that's why it has so much critical acclaim and that's why it has so much longevity is because the way the story is presented and the way the story was written. Was just uh, you know it it was levels beyond any other Atome out there at t- at the time, which I believe was mid- early two thousands. I want to say two thousand four, two thousand six, but I could be wrong. Um, Amnesia. I appreciate the story for what it was worth. I appreciate it for it giving a level of difficulty to your standard run of the mill Atome games. I still think though that there are other or there are better Atome games out there that are written narrative-wise. Case in point, I think Code Realize kind of blows Amnesia out of the water for that. And I think it's just because of the fact that the narrative that was presented to us in Amnesia, albeit it was complex, it was difficult, which was great to give us a challenge, I think it was just almost too choppy. And I feel like it brought too many emotions. And while I love an Atome game that'll provoke emotion out of me, that one brought emotions out on a darker level that I don't necessarily prefer as an Atome player. It was definitely a darker Atome, like a diabolic lovers kind of thing. And that's just not my style. So it's not my personal cup of tea. I appreciate it, but I don't think it was above average. Definitely I
2: keep not. seeing that code. What is it? Revitalize?
3: Re- code realize. Realize.
2: I keep saying that the only problem is, is that for someone who is not into those types of games, who would only be playing it, In order to talk about it on the podcast kind of thing is still pretty expensive for I don't know if that's an average price. I was looking more towards the ones that were on sale when we were prepping for this kind of thing. (laughs) Because it was it's over 30 bucks here, 40 bucks, if I'm not mistaken,
0: it will probably stay that way because it is. I do agree with Allie. It is a, a higher tier. And it is doing extremely well. Um, so, and it has a huge fan base, um, mm. in Japan and here as well. Now I don't see that price changing at all. It'll probably be pretty consistent. That's yeah. It's an unfortunate thing. And I'm not trying to say this to victimize
3: members of the Otome community and be like, what was me, but, we're so limited to what we have that we're just thankful that we get to see them here in the States. So yeah. even if it does, you know, involve, you know, dishing out that much money, we love the genre so much and we love the people that are involved with it that we're willing to drop the dollar if we can. And that's just the honest truth. And that's something that, you know, the East may or may not know. So, so I mean,
1: it's a lot like how the, the anime community was, you know, 15 years ago where it, it was either $35 for these two episodes or, you know, go home. And it wasn't until it became more accepted that prices became a little more fluid yeah. and reasonable and more accessible. It's just the the genre and the community isn't as widespread and connected as, you know, other communities are. And it's got to build itself up until it can get to the point where it's, you know, widespread and yeah. easily available for a large number of platforms and for reasonable prices.
3: community And let me say, the community is growing. I mean, we Mm -hmm. started in small circles, and we have flourished to become a little more bigger, and we have gained cohesion. But the most common question that I've always been asked is, well, why don't you just download it illegally? It's like, no, because then we won't get the chance to see them at all localized here in the States. And a lot of people don't understand that we we have to live kind of by a double-edged sword. Because if we go and we start illegally downloading them, we're not going to see any of those games come stateside because they know that it's still just a very small niche community. Here in the West, so well, we just obviously
2: you have to support get nervous
3: it. about that. Yeah, we have to support in any way that we can. You can't
2: expect something to be the the extra steps being taken to bring it here if it's not to their benefit to do so.
3: Exactly. So
2: they have to pay those voice actors or the localization writers or, or any number of things. I will okay. say that about the the voice acting, even though it was all obviously in Japanese for Amnesia, the voice acting was actually pretty good. I, I thought mm-hmm. the the voice acting was quite well done.
0: I will say, what. I am known to say on um, our podcast, it's it's like ear porn and it's it's great. It's really the the voice acting is really important. Like they have we have drama CDs, which are just an extension of the story. And you can have 18 plus drama CDs. Um, You can have regular, you know, stuff that is, you know, very clean, nice, friendly drama CDs. So, I mean, even the voice acting is big business. They have music CDs, they come out, you can find out how terrible your favorite voice actor is at singing. Um, they just, there's so much, not even just with the CGs, but with the talent in um, their delivery. Like when they did a. Um, Fan get together for Amnesia over there. It was revealed that Toma was the fan favorite, but they had Shin's character. All they wanted him to do was say Baka, like that's all they wanted him to say because over and over characters. again. Yeah, and and
3: people love it over here in the states. Every you can at least on one Toma stream that you'll find on Twitch. someone will just go Baka. It's what the hell does awesome. that mean?
2: What what what? The... Uh,
3: baka means uh, idiot or stupid in Japanese. Baka. I <laughs> That's what he commonly kept saying to you through the route if you didn't know it. I'll yeah, he I kept did. calling you an idiot. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> News flash.
2: <laughs> oh I know, I know he didn't have much use for me, but luckily the feeling was mutual.
3: <laughs>
2: so it didn't really matter. Yeah,
3: even even the tiniest minute details, even the trivial things about Atome's Western fans really really do appreciate. Which is why we're so excited that we're seeing more developments, kind of leading in the right direction. Especially with the Beastmaster and Prince Kickstarter campaign that's just starting up. Like that means we have a chance to see more of them translate, get translated, and localized here to the states. And there's even sites and social media platforms that are dedicated to letting us know, as of a certain date, how much of an Atome game's been localized for Western release and when we can expect it to be out like there's so many dedicated people involved to the cause it's just very slow so we just have to be patient about it
2: one of the things that that also bothered me about when I was playing at least again this game and I know that part of it is again all of these classic stereotypes that they use for character designs However, and this bothers me the same way whether I'm watching a TV show, a movie, or playing another type of game as well. If all of the X gender or Y gender of in that game are all assholes or sluts, be it whichever side you're, you're, you're playing, type of game you're playing, it, I, I hate that. It, it, it's such a lazy writing plot device, and I hate that. And as I'm playing Amnesia... All of the men were assholes, except for that Yuki dude. But he was just kind of weird. So that doesn't count.
0: (laughs) No, I mean, I'll agree with you. I remember, and Allie and I talked about this. I remember I was two routes into Amnesia. And I was like, is this going to be the first game where I did not have a guy? Where I'm going to have to, like, force my way to, like, play through this game? Because I hated Shin. I hated Icky. Like, I was like, I I don't. This is a a first, because normally in every game, there'll be some guy that I'm like, or some person where I'm like, okay, you're all right. Um, And it kind of goes back to the order in Amnesia is, so Shin and Icky, at that point, you're probably really pissed off. So they insert Kent, that kind of calms you down because he's a normal person compared to the rest of them. And then you go through, um, who's after? Toma. Oh yeah. And then you go through Toma, which nothing prepares you for Toma, but no, um, I agree. It is a letdown and um, amnesia was, I thought was going to be the first Atome game for me personally, that I did not have uh, a favorite at all because okay. I did not like any of them.
2: Let me ask you this, because this is something that I thought of as I was playing it. And I kind of alluded to it earlier, but I want to point blank ask you, you ladies this as well, because as I'm playing this, at least for me. It very clearly felt like a game that was written by men with these fan service moments that were not for the right gender because it's not like they're going to have a bunch of boys playing this game, yet you have moments like, again, these... Because they're all teenagers, late teens, but they're in their first... They finished their first year of college or university, so they're still in their teen years. And meanwhile, when they go to this lodge or whatever the girls are trying to hit on the middle-aged lodge owner. And they're making a big deal about that throughout that part of the story as well. And I'm thinking that's such fan service for the male writers who worked on this, which I don't know if it was men. I'm assuming it was when you're playing. And again, I don't know if this is something that you can spot in other Atomias as well, or if it was something that was far more prevalent in this one, but does that kind of, irk you as you're playing it that it, it wasn't it still wasn't written for women in mind.
0: Um, I didn't get that feeling in okay. Amnesia personally. Um, I guess I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't see those things. I don't want to say that I don't, but if I do, they don't really. They usually just turn me off to the route. I don't sit there and say I don't feel like this was written for me. I guess I internalize it onto or push it off to that route and just right. say, well, this route or maybe the story of this game I can't relate to. Um, I just I guess I don't think of it that way. What about you, Allie? I I mean when when playing certain routes and especially playing the routes to
3: amnesia, I didn't necessarily attach a gender to who was presenting me the storyline I just played the route more in a psychological sense I just played it as a complete mind game so you know if regardless if I like the route or not the end goal for me especially when I got to the point was whether or not if I didn't see a romantic feeling or if it didn't give a thought provoke or if it didn't Provoke a feeling out of me like butterflies in my stomach. my only intention in finishing that route was just to get the best possible ending, just to complete it for achievement's sake like your my perspective I guess changed that you know what if i just don 't like this route then i don 't like this route, but I need to finish it because I want to get the achievement for it i want to you know, my inner completionist is is talking to me now at that point. Like, it's just their gears and goals as to what you're changing it for. Like, the narrative just kind of fell to the back burner for me. And now it was more of just playing it as a game, not playing it for enjoyment's sake. And that was even the very reason why I couldn't complete Toma's route. And I didn't even touch Ukiyo's route because the way they provoked so much fear and just a sense of discomfort... I didn't even want to finish the route. At that point, I was like, you know what? I could even do without playing this route. I did it once. I saw what happened. I don't even care what the better ending is. So some some parts of the story did that for me. I didn't attach a gender to it. It's just my perspectives changed from what I wanted as the ultimate end game and what the end game ultimately had to be.
2: And it might be gender. It might be my character. And it could be very much because of, again, I started with this icky character from the Mm get-go and it is very much a here's a boy whose eyes make girls fall in love with him and it just felt like such fan service that that would be written for boys not for women playing the game well i think
0: no i would oh i I mean as a as a female um i can say that um you know who i'm i'm in my 30s (laughs) i'm happily married but i have fallen for that kind of guy so it doesn't um feel like it was written as fan service because they exist like they're out there and so it was just another real person I'm like oh yeah okay that I believe that I know to avoid this like I know I'm gonna have trouble on this route because I know what kind of guy he is you know kind of thing
2: Vince did you feel uh,
1: the way that I do or more like they do I, it's just one of those things where I was so keyed into like, one specific aspect of the story. All of the, the ancillary stuff just kind of rolled off my back. So it's not something I noticed at the time, but now, like, you bringing it up again, it does seem a little weird and out of place to me. So,
3: Well, Roger, I'm curious to ask you, and again, this is knowing just, you know, your amount of experience with visual novels and Atome games, was it the fact that it was a supernatural cause as to as to what turned you off about it? The fact that he had no. eyes that apparently made women go crazy for them? Because I was going to say, like, there are Atomes out there that have a very real setting and a very real storyline, and then that happens. Or they turn into an anthropomorphic <laughs> animal or this or that. So that didn't surprise me so much because I'm so accustomed to that because I'm so used to the supernatural and fantasy elements that are tied into the narrative of the game I wasn't sure if that was what turned you off about it.
2: I, no, I don't have a problem with those type of things, how I've written those kind of things the,
1: the, the difference is... Roger's story about the magic guys that make women fall in love with them, that's completely different. It is very different <laughs> um, but no, it wasn't because
2: there was a magical element, it was the type of fan service element that it was It it, it was very much a, you know, date rape drug type of power that he has. Oh, oh, wait,
3: you're saying it's fan service for the fan service for the men? Is yeah, that's what I'm
2: saying. saying. It was as if it was a fan
3: fan service for the ladies. No, that's
2: no, no. I was trying to be very clear that it was fan service, but for the wrong gender kind of thing that it was again it was it was as if it was written as fan service for men even though it's women playing and girls playing I these games. I didn't
3: even interpret that. So that's I why it
2: doesn't make that. sense to me that you'd have this kind of thing because it's one of those childish teenage boy things of oh my eyes can make all the women want to have sex with me kind of thing. It's re- it's it's the freaking docking in, in, in comic books of his pheromones affecting well both sexes for him. <laughs> Everybody wants to bang Dokken, apparently, until they get to know him. But it was that kind of stupidity kind of thing. So it wasn't that it was supernatural, but that it was very much a fan service date rape kind of power kind of thing that I just was like, wow, wow. that's super creepy and stupid and fan service.
3: I don't mean to say this. uh and, and again, I'm maybe too frank in what I'm saying, but if you think that that was a date rape trigger... Don't play Toma's route and don't no. drink his tea because that's infinitely no. worse. Like, that is a flat-out, <laughs> that is a flat-out, I'm going to poison the shit out of you so you never leave my home. And then I'm going to take your phone and then never let you charge it. I'm going to take your keys and then I'm going to do shit See, to your mailbox. Like, Toma's route, that was, when we were referencing triggers in the game, that was immediately what I was alluding to. I didn't even think of it in the sense of Icky and his eyes. I just thought that was, you know, anime. What's funny that is a that...
2: I played some other ones before this. We'll get that into that in a moment. And I was like, oh my God, these are fucking horrible, horrible. And then I played Amnesia. And I was like, those ones there written for boys <laughs> are apparently not even as bad or as stupid as some of this crap that I'm seeing in this thing. And it just, what's funny as well is that years ago, For one of our episodes, and this was one of the few visual novel ones that we talked about, we talked about Katawa Shoujo.
3: Oh, Katawa Shoujo. Okay, however you you pronounce it. You played the Amputated Girl.
2: Anyways, there was (laughs) a reason. Loved
1: the Amputated Girl.
2: We we it was one of those where we got to play this to talk about it just because it's so fucking ridiculous. And then we played it. You should listen to the episode. I'll try to link it in the show notes if I remember. And it was one of those, while there was some horrible aspects to it, some of the writing was damn good. Some of the writing with dealing with disabilities and the identity that you form having a disability and all these other things and the manner in which it tackled relationships with someone with a disability or whatever, I look back now at that. <laughs> and compared to some of the shit that I've played in the last week and a half, and it's like that shit was gold compared to some of this stuff.
3: Uh, <laughs> I'm <trying to> <laughs> and
2: I'm trying, it. and I, I made it very clear I only played this one, I didn't play a ton of them, so I'm certain there were there a lot better out there. But it's just that this is what I played, so
3: I, I think it's. I don't wanna say it's an acquired taste. Again, it's it's a demographic that's obviously geared towards women. What you see, you know, one's man's one man's trash is another man's treasure, so to speak. Like we enjoy it and appreciate it because it's an escapist tool for One us man's obviously a Tome trash <laughs> team of Tome trash rule number 4 no um <laughs> I, it's, it for us i mean it does it seems like it's just far fetched it seems like the narrative and the writing is just so unrealistic and so illogical but it it provokes an emotion out of women that we just love and it helps. It makes Pe- us
0: fall in love with these people. I'm sorry. God. People love Hattiful Boyfriend. Explain that to me.
2: Oh, I hated it. I've <laughs> talked about this shit. I love my little dead peng- uh, pigeon. But, I mean, oh, penguins would have been even better, actually, for that game. But, anyway. <laughs> uh,
1: Is there a penguin I mean, in the Christmas update? That's,
0: I, mean, <laughs> that's
2: I would buy that's it. for me.
0: No, like,
2: <laughs> like, no, and I get it, yeah. Th-
0: this, this whole game that I initially took as an attack on a genre of games that I really like to exploit it um, actually has drawn more people to Atome games than anything else out there right now, other than Hakuoki. And it's crazy. Um, It's, it's just insane because if you played the whole game, which I finally did, it is basically a visual novel that's hidden beneath an Otome. And it is very interesting and it's very dark and disturbing. And, but it's just, it's so crazy to me. And I know Allie and I have really struggled with how that can draw people into Otome, but it does. It's, it's very, very weird.
3: It's very, very weird. What it, no, I'm going to leave my thoughts at that. I'm not going to say anymore. I couldn't. Oh, you get, If saying. you
2: didn't like it, I didn't like it. I played Had a Full Boyfriend. I didn't play all of the routes again. I played the Dead Pigeon route. And that was it. That was enough no. for me. And I had to force myself to play that shit. Now, Had a Full
3: Boyfriend for me was I appreciate that the bad and good, any publicity that it gave, it gave towards Otome's. I'm thankful for that much. But I feel that. Hatterful Boyfriend is a visual novel wrapped in a tome wrapping paper. Like, that is exactly what it is. It was marketed as such. It's presented as such, which is why I immediately was on the defense when Hatterful Boyfriend came out, only to later realize it's more of a science fiction kind of, I feel like it attracted bronies. That's my honest opinion. Like, I thought Hatterful Boyfriend brought all the bronies around. And bronies like, are oh.
2: people,
1: too? What? I no, They're yeah, people, too? How dare you?
3: I, and there's a they have money they buy games too of this.
1: i i don't know yeah, there's that be... there's that new aviary attorney game that just came out
3: yeah yeah i'm, I'm not what? i don't want to be narrow-minded
1: that's to your next one people...
3: raj <laughs> oh jesus christ no i want to i want to i don't want to be narrow-minded to those that appreciate and love had a full boyfriend i'm glad that they found something that they loved. but coming from somebody who's played a games for so long and obviously has a deep rooted investment into it. I just felt like at first it was a blatant bold attack. And I think for that reason, I've always been turned off by it. And it's just something that you could see that it wasn't, it was presented more as a parody than it was as, as a true legitimate, you know, game of fiction. And I think that's what upset me about it.
2: So in the same way that I've said that again, I'm, I'm man enough. I could give a rat's ass if I'm playing as a man or as a woman, romance and whatever, as long as the story is good, whatever I'll play it do you ladies play any of the reverse ones? Are you ju- do you just find that most of them tend to be the sexist stupidity that you find in, well, most of them?
3: No, there's some narrative in, in Bishojo's as well. And, and BXG's, there are some great stories in for what? myself. Um, Bishojo's? Uh, Bishojo's is Bishojo's. kind of the alternate, alternate reverse harem. It's the male, female harem ratio of what atomes are with female to male harem. Um, we call them BXGs. It's a lot easier to say it that way. BXGs and GXPs. I've played Bishojo's. I've played Type Moon. I have uh, Steinsgate, what a lot of people don't realize is Steinsgate is kind of like a, a you know, a Bishojo I, in I some respects. I actually
1: started playing Steinsgate this weekend.
3: Yeah. Steinsgate and is one it's that an is great. Awesome
1: game. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. It's a, I fucking love Steinsgate and the anime series for it is fucking amazing. I made the fatal mistake of watching bits and pieces of the anime before playing the game.
1: It, I, I watched the first half dozen or so episodes of the anime before I realized there was a game and I went, OK, no, I'm going to stop watching this so I can play the game because yeah. that's going to be and the more complete story. See, I yeah. watched a couple of episodes of the anime and I couldn't stand it.
3: Oh, I'm on time traveling
1: bananas. I'm all about that shit.
3: Yeah. And I'm, and what you, people don't realize is that the Bishoujos have later kind of evolved into other things. Type Moon, which was originally a BXG visual novel, later became part of a fighting game franchise because they were, uh, I believe, under the same development company as... Ah, was it the Final Fight people? I think it was Final Fight ended up picking up the Type Moon, which was a very small company at the time, and they ended up picking up the franchise, and some of the characters got translated over and became fighting game characters. So, I mean, BXG's out there... You would be surprised how many games that were based off of originally being visual novels and beshojos are games that are, you know, have a little more notoriety today. So it's interesting. I, I enjoy Type Moon and Steinsgate. Those are the two that I always speak highly of. I thought they were fun.
2: Sushi? She's got nothing to say or she's gone?
0: Oh, no, Oops. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here um wow fi- space completely out and
2: just didn't even talk about it
0: no i have i, I put it on mute because i had a cough so oh, i'm sorry no, no. um no i don't really play those the the other games unless you count like persona three and four um as that uh because i play a guy and i romance girls um but um Stop the little a girl Yo, hey I'm all about that bromance I'm all about Yosuke and you you have no idea that's my first choice I couldn't make it happen I was heartbroken um, I the one I watched we have a friend on twitter uh, she also streams her name is Ovada and I got her into Hakuoki and she kind of did a test where she played more of a guys loves him a one random one off of steam And then she played Hakuoki and she was so amazed that it took her like five hours to barely get a kiss in Hakuoki. And it took her like (laughs) 10 seconds to get, you know, tits in her face in the other game. And so she just went towards um, more visual novels and she fell into Hakuoki because the story and you really had to earn it it seemed like compared to the other games, but I don't have a lot of experience, so I don't I don't really play them unless they're mixed in with an RPG and I have to go that route. I don't, I haven't played any.
2: See, I don't, obviously, I don't have a lot of experience with them either. And I will point blank say that that is largely because and an unjust stereotype that I apply to them. I'll own up to it that I think a lot of them are, again, written for... Boys with that fan service in mind. And I'm certain that there are a lot that don't have that. It just so happens that the ones that I played for this episode did nothing to combat that. (laughs) They're they're the most visible
1: ones. They're the most frequently recommended ones because, you know, when somebody's asking for a male dating sim, it's just assumed, oh, you want a sex game. So I want to, again,
2: if I'm going to spend money on this for the show, I'm going to wait. There were some sales and I wanted to just kind of go into it blind going by recommendations of what people thought. And then hiding that I was playing this <laughs> so that people don't have to see. Town. Oh, Karen was God! Thank God. Because, <laughs> and I had to keep hiding the screen because my son would periodically come downstairs too. And I I did not want to have to explain that shit. For anyone curious... If you see a game that's Sakura, whatever, yeah, those are point blank meant for one thing and one thing only,
3: yes.
2: And I mean, right from the get go, like, there's yeah. no waiting around for shit to go bad or good, depending on how you see it. And what's funny is that I was thinking, as I started it up, and I'm thinking, this is gonna be bad, and fine, at least let the writing be halfway decent. It's not hard. You can still fit in graphic sex scenes into a story that's still well constructed. I will go so far as to say, I will gladly play a visual novel type of game, whether it's a dating sim or not kind of thing. And it contain graphic sex scenes. As long as the writing is good. If it makes sense and, and, The things that occur, whatever type of sex scenes occur or whatever, if it makes sense to the story and it's well-written, fine. Hell, I'll give it a good rating if it's good, well-written. Because, I mean, whatever, it's a sex scene. But, when it's such fan service that their bathing suits got caught up together while they were swimming in the pool and then ripped off, you're like, "Oh, come, the fuck on the thing when that, that happens, happens.
3: Uh, that I, uh, it happens to me all, the time. all yep. the time,
2: and then of course, your tits get mashed up together too, and, and
3: so- the reason I would never touch Sakura Spirit, and I know this is Sakura Spirit you're talking about on Steam, is it reminded me too much of the Starfire comic of when she oh, was God, wearing yeah. that revealing bathing suit. That is the very reason I have never touched Sakura Spirit. Well, there's exactly a bunch
2: of them anyways. I happened to buy a few of them. They were on sale. There's the Swim Club one is that it's the one that I started with. And then I started the Fantasy one thinking, maybe it's different, and I got... Up to just a couple of scenes, I went, nope, this is the same shit. Okay, well, I I did my part. I don't need to, to go through it. But the Swim Club one was like, and again, it's like maybe some people are, can more easily get into, I shouldn't say it that way. I don't have a problem with getting into a story that is revolving around teenagers because, hell, I write young adult fiction as well sometimes. I think that a good story can occur at any point in your lifetime, and when people say that it's not real, real literature because it's young adult fiction, it it pisses me off. So I don't have that problem. The problem comes when far too often in Japanese writing, it's used as a titillating kind of setting, and it's just to have these teenagers have sex together kind of thing. That's when it's like, oh, come on, for fuck's sake, grow up. And so... This has that in spades
3: <laughs> now, <laughs> from I to, the get-go. Can, can I we interject? To, oh, okay.
0: <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Sushi, just say it because you're going to say what I'm going to say. I hope so. I have to interject because I, I, am, a, I am a fan of fan service. Um, it doesn't bother me that much. I honestly wish that we had more games like that with guys in it um
2: oh i know from watching you stream you perverts <laughs> click what is wrong with you people click and you can i can hear you taking screenshots
0: <laughs> i i would like a variety on every level from story to um love interest to um fan service no fan service i think they're both for me i It just depends on my mood, you know, but I do enjoy fan service. We are a team atome trash.
2: Yeah, but let me ask you this though. mm -hmm. When you say fan service, do are you point blank talking about just a sex scenes? Or are you talking about poorly written sex scenes that it's just shoved in there, pardon the pun, to put that out there?
0: Um, I'll be honest, I'm fine with You don't care. I don't care. Um, this I is why your that husband that loves that you. Yeah, there,
1: there's a place Back for that. Here. If if you're, you know, it's just that for the overwhelming majority, the throwing it out there for no particular reason seems to be the most common recourse. It's not. It's not an option. It's frequently seen as the option. Oh, this kid was getting nailed any way you looked at it, and by both of them at the same time. Clear at the on end.
3: Something also because this is what's perceived by us, by us Westerners. No, no. I, No, no, no. Now, what's perceived by us Westerners as fan service, that is their marketing ploy in the East because their culture and their lifestyle is so reserved. They don't even hold hands in public. That is—this is kind of feeding into their inner desires. Does that make it right or wrong? Does it justify it? That's a matter of, you know, perspective per person. But the reason it's done, like— almost too much in an exaggerated sense is because this is something that is so polar of what they're acclimated to and what they're used to. So, and and I wouldn't say they shouldn't be understanding it.
2: Yeah. And I wouldn't, I I would never say it should not exist. I just wish there were more options for people like myself who are all right with graphic sex scenes, but would like to have a well-written story, good characters, and not just this, type of fan service not again not that there's anything wrong with the fan service i just wish that it just that wasn't the majority of what you saw
3: you should play the men of yoshiwara i'd like to suggest that to you
2: i was gonna buy it but the sale wasn't good enough (laughs) sorry if the sale had been better
1: i would have bought it but no it was was too much if you were disappointed with the akito sex scene i mean at least that would give you something (laughs) Which one there was that? Boob. Was that the clash thing there where they just kissed? Boob. Yeah, yeah. was
3: oh, yeah, side please. boob. There is being thrown against shrine walls. And, and that's in The Men,
1: the Men the of Yoshiwara, flower.
2: you're saying? The
3: sorry. Men of Yoshiwara. <laughs> I'm
2: sorry. That's that's what you're talking about graphic is there was side boob. That's, that's it?
3: Well, I mean, okay, <laughs> oh my are, God,
2: you it, should play the Sakura are, Swim Club thing.
3: There,
0: there oh there my are, God. There's something <laughs> some things. Okay, so that game is not voice acted. So when I stream it, I read it and there are certain things that I literally cannot read. <laughs> oh,
1: that. it's hilarious. Oh, my, and my God. my face
0: gets, I don't know if you guys can
1: see She'll it, just be talking, and then, then she'll just, like, stop mid-word. It's hilarious.
3: <laughs> and then she'll get that and crooked smile. And then she'll just smile. click and
1: advance the text. No,
3: no, 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 no. You're forgetting an important part. She'll do a crooked smile. It's a slight smirk, and then she'll click. You have to do it in order. It's the stop, the smirk, then the click. SSC for short. It's SSC for short. Well,
2: if you want graphic sex scenes, girl, seriously pick up this Sakura Swim Club game because it does not get more graphic than this at I, all. I
0: actually recommended some um, R18, R18. me games recently. Mm-hmm.
3: Yep. Um, some of them kind of crossed some boundaries. Some of them were very fine lines and very gray areas that in our country or in our culture would be seen as a bit taboo, but I still think it's worth trying out. Uh, They they do exist and they're out there. We just haven't played them, nor have we had our hands on them yet. So we're going to try those out and we'll let you know what we think.
1: It's one of the reasons I hope the, the genre continues to grow outside of Japan, because I would like to see different cultures take on, you know, romance that so much of the romance and the sexual aspects that we see in these games is determined specifically from that Japanese point of view. And getting you know European, American—that's a good point, you know, actually. What have you? Getting their ideals involved in the genre as well can only help.
3: Yeah, and I mean, visual novels have been—I mean, even you know, putting to the side of Tomes and Bishojo's visual novels have carried so much longevity. I think even longer than the history of the JRPG, or probably on par with the JRPG. I will say though that America—and I said this with Roger—and we had a very lengthy discussion about this. Visual novels are starting to gain more you know, popularity now, especially Telltale Games. They're doing it. It may not be in the same fashion as Atomes and bishojo's but they are kind of putting their foot forward on, on the direction of the visual novel here in the States. And I think that's great. I think that's awesome because everybody loved Life is Strange. Everybody loved The Walking Dead. Everybody loved the Game of Thrones Telltale Games. So you're seeing other countries start to develop and take hold of it and kind of... Mm-hmm. take this little blob and mold it to their liking or to what feels comfortable in the constraints of their respective culture but i think there's also an element of surprise or an element of excitement for us to have something that is purely japanese-based coming stateside and the only difference in it is just the translation so i don't want it to change too much to what it is but i appreciate that other people are starting to form and make their own because it's definitely building up the genre
1: if Telltale came out tomorrow and said we're releasing a mature-rated sex game, I'd be down for that because I would like to see their spin on that type of game.
3: It would be interesting, and it's great to see the interactivity and the engagement. I saw it in—I saw it when I played a little bit of Life is Strange. I thought their concept behind that was absolutely wonderful, and I thought it was amazing. And I felt very strong resemblances of a in that game, but obviously they're still very dramatic differences between the two. But it's nice to see that people are making those steps forward. And not only that, that the people are starting to recognize and notice them. If I'm not mistaken, I think they even won some video game awards recently too. So it's cool to see that it's going in that direction. It's just, I don't want my Atome's to change too much, even for as crazy and as fan service as they are. I love them for their, what it's worth. And I love them as is. I don't want them to change too much. I can appreciate, you know, other people trying, but don't change my atomies too much. I love my androgynous voice. I love the look of my androgynous voice. I don't want that to change. Thanks. <laughs> I love you too. Baby, you're not
1: No, you're not don't do it. No, no, no. Stop it. Just you're stop. not
3: a Nekomade samurai. Stop until now. you're... I'll whip you oh, too God. once you become a EchoMade samurai.
2: One of the other games that I picked Can up... Can we talk about another game now? Yes. And what's funny is that Joe and I had talked about this and was like, I can't believe anybody's playing this. And then more and more people were talking about it. More and more women were talking about playing about it. And then on the episode that Allie was not on the show, Sushi and Smashy were talking about it. And he said that she bought it for him even. And then in prepping for this, I went, fine. So I picked oh, it up.
1: No. Oh, no. Oh, no. Now, let me say this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is... A brilliantly designed blend of visual novel, RPG, and puzzle matching. I'm not joking, brilliantly designed. And so poorly executed in every other way. The actual gameplay, the actual incorporation of RPG elements regardless of if it's a dating sim or not, because that's not what's going to hold me back. But the idea of the, the story, which was the story was the horrible part, but putting a good story and the elements of the, the gifts affecting gameplay and different things like that. The, the complexity growing so many aspects of that game. were Brilliant, really fucking intuitive well done and makes you want to play it just to progress that way the problem is is that it's wrapped up in this horribly sexist stupid fan service game for boys which again i go back to that same thing now in retrospect comparing it to the swim club game is fucking mild <clears throat> Even the the unedited CGs in it are a joke compared to what you see in that Swim Club game. But need to download the Swim Club game, dude. Um, but um, but no, the the I'll
3: gift it to you. The
2: actual <laughs> gameplay and everything else is addicting as all hell and fun. It's just so sad you that check it
1: Roger Steam profile.
2: Yeah, that it is. <laughs> I didn't get it on Steam. Fuck that. I don't uh, want people knowing I'm playing that game. Those achievements are not going to be in my Steam profile. <laughs> that was a humble bundle sale. And uh but again, it's 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 wrapped up in this stupid juvenile game because again, I again, if it was just a dating sim but more adult, you can put in all the graphic shit you want. Fine, whatever. But it was so juvenile. Like you're asking these women their cup size. Oh the fuck asshole woman what's your cup size come on and and all these other really really stupid stupid fucking things and you're like oh for christ's sakes but rewrite the entire script and a whole bunch of other stupid aspects kind of thing the the story elements but keep the core mechanics of the game the way that they are it's brilliant it's fucking awesome as shit
3: I feel like I don't want to put anything to put anyone to blame, but I feel like some part in that may possibly do be due to poor budgeting. A lot of these great games that you see on steam, and there's a lot of great men of Yoshi is available on steam too. A lot of these great games have such low budgeting and what you guys consider to be, you know, just amateur indie developed games like Hakuoki are triple a titles for us. So, I mean, just imagine if you consider Hakuoki triple a, A game like Honey Pop is probably like a tenth of the budget that Hakuoki received. But that doesn't. That's something you have to put into consideration.
2: But that has no bearing whatsoever on the writing and on the. That's all whoever chose to make it that way. That has no bearing. Whether you write it good or you write it for 13 year old pubescent boys, that has nothing to do with budget. I mean, you're looking at potential sales, certainly, but I think that you could still have a mature game with far more, and, and even comedic value to appeal to a larger audience, but still have, make it as graphic as you want, but not make it so juvenile that it makes most people roll their eyes. That has no bearing on budget.
3: Very well, very well.
2: But yeah, they, again, it was, it was one of those games that, I both
1: enjoyed and hated <laughs> at the same time. Graphically sell for all fifty-three hours. Yeah. I dude, I
2: actually and I'm not joking, it was to the point because you wind up you, you have to ask them questions and you have to listen to get it right to get more points for this and whatever. And again, those elements the the gameplay that gameplay is good. I, I can appreciate it. But because it's wrapped around juvenile writing. And I I need to stress that. It's not just that it's fan service. It's juvenile fan service that it got to the point. I wasn't even listening to what they were asking or talking. And often I wouldn't even have my headset on. I would just leave it off and just click through it quickly because they'll, they'll say, Oh, I can't believe you didn't know that. Or you weren't listening the get Who Who cares? You still get your, a certain percentage of points. Anyways, if you get it wrong. So I just didn't care. And I just wanted to play the game, do the puzzle matching and use the different, gifts or whatever, which affect the gameplay greatly. And again, we play a bunch of different matching, especially my wife. She doesn't play this one, but, uh, (laughs) but like a lot of those different things and, and I enjoy them. It's mindless and fun or whatever, but this inserts so many different types of changes to it and, and how you play it. different gifts that you get determine how you'll play, which is huge. So again, there's a lot of different things that were so well done and I, enjoyed it. I would click through all the stupid bullshit and then just go on a quote unquote date to be able to do the, the puzzle things and to figure out how to do it because there's no clock. How do I do it different and how do I do this and, and things like that based on whatever gifts I had. I made it through the entire fucking game. I got the unlockable Venus character and boned her as well. So I even got the fucking cat. So like I mean I I I got, I got I finished the whole fucking thing, but I had fun playing the actual game itself it's just so sad that it was wrapped around this piece of shit juvenile writing there you go vince that's your challenge buy the game tell me what you think no <laughs> <laughs> you know
1: you want to after that
3: have you guys tried Cybele at all i've always been no. curious about that because i heard that it had kind of some it's, ties. it's
1: one of the ones i saw that was recommended i just didn't check it out
3: yeah i don't know the premise behind cybel but everybody's always told me well if you love a atome's check out this one and i don't know in what level it's supposed to be like a dating sim i wasn't fully understanding and one, it looks like it had real people in it and it threw me off i was like none of these are cgs this is these are real people what's going on here so i I have no idea behind cybel but i heard cybel was another recommendation of people to try that they would enjoy
2: all right well that is going to wrap it up Actually, you before. have someone. OK, yes. Well, you've been quiet because you weren't feeling good. So I, was I know, but there, there, there are a couple
1: games I do want to shoot. Least, it's I all yours. Touch on. Um, I talked we talked briefly about Steins Gate. Um, I'm going to talk more about that probably on a later episode because there's a lot of game in that game. I didn't realize it was so bloody long. It's like 30 plus hours for a first playthrough. And I just wasn't feeling it this weekend. So didn't get through much of that. Uh, I played the Starcraft game. Oh, how was it? It was actually really good. Like, it was very interesting, it, and uh, they did some really creative stuff with like the taking the control of the text right. away from you at certain points to like for like a you know dramatic effect or whatever. Like there's a point where you're in a battle, and it gives you the options for like how you're going to start the match, and before you can click, it all goes away because your opponent was rushing you. So it it does a lot of really creative stuff with the text to kind of move the story along at a different pace than what you're used to at points, which is really fun. The only thing is it's a game that builds up so much about how hard it is, like how impossible it is to become a pro at StarCraft, especially as a foreigner. And near as I can tell, there was no fail state. Like Mm -hmm. you're going to become a StarCraft pro by the end of the game, no matter what Uh... you do. Like, I I think it would have been, either either I just so happened to make all the right choices or it's, I think it would have been a lot better if there was a way to not go pro and really drive home that fact but it was it was really entertaining I, it was only like four or five hours and it's free so it, it was actually a lot of fun oh cool. and then i picked up this game it was uh recommended it's also free to play on steam called Narcisu. it's a dojinshi game uh, so an indie game in japan and the creators allowed uh people in other countries to translate it and release it in those countries for free so the first two chapters are available on steam free to play i've played a lot of games in 35 years this is the first game that has ever made me cry
3: what you cried
1: this is a pure visual novel like it's a novel like you're just clicking through reading text there's no dialogue choices or anything it's very uh bare bones visually like it's not you know okay here's the characters it's you know okay here's you know you're in a car so here's a car but the sound is amazing the music is top notch like the music is fantastic in this game there you can buy the soundtrack and i'd recommend to do it it's amazing so what it revolves around the first game uh well all the games uh you're in this hospital the uh it's framed around the seventh floor of the hospital which is basically hospice for people who have exhausted all their treatment options and it's you know where they go while they're waiting to die so in the first game you play this young man who goes to the seventh floor for the first time and meets uh another woman uh, satsumi who is nearing the end of her stay and they form a bit of a bond but They don't want to get too close to each other because they know how it's going to end. Uh, But at one point, uh, the boy's father is visiting. And when he goes to uh, talk to the doctors, he leaves his keys behind. So the kid steals his dad's car and Setsumi comes along with them. So it's these two terminally ill people on a road trip across Japan. And it's very touching. Like, it's not romantic in, in the least bit. But, you know, it's a friendship, it's a bond, and it's uh, basically the protagonist helping Setsumi to die. And it's, it's it, don't get me wrong, it's hard. It's not going to be recommended for everybody, but it was so well executed. Because um, the only character that's voiced in the first chapter is Setsumi, and she doesn't talk much. But when she does, it has impact because of that. And, you know, the things he's going through... Is he doing it for her? Is he doing it for him? You know, seeing her kind of finally accept that it's okay to be alive before she passes on, like, it... It's really heartbreaking. But that wasn't the one that broke me. It was the second chapter. Which, uh... The main character there is Satsumi before she goes to the seventh floor. When she's just in the hospital for regular treatments, and she meets another woman who's a resident of the seventh floor. And... It's this woman forming a bond with Setsumi, which now explains a lot more about her character from the first chapter, but it also mixes in with flashbacks for her. Uh, her name is Himiko. When, before she was sick, she was actually a, uh, a caretaker on the seventh floor. And the patient under her care was like this little five-year-old girl whose parents had committed suicide because they couldn't afford the doctor's bills. So, she has to help this little girl go through this. It completely broke me. I, I couldn't handle it. It was intense and mixing in, especially with uh Himiko was a devout Christian and going through this process with the girl, she lost her faith. And then a lot of the story is her finding her way back to that. It's for a free game that again, uh, very minimalistic. There's very little art to be done. Um, Second chapter is uh, almost completely voiced, though. Uh, There was a little bit there because so many of the main characters are female and they don't always identify who's speaking in a scene. It was hard at first to figure out who was who. But the music is fantastic. They even did in the second episode um, like a full opening credit sequence with animation and and sound. And it was a very unique experience that I've never had before in any game. And I said, it's free to play. If it's, I, I full disclosure, it's going to be too much for a lot of people, but if you think you can handle it, I'd recommend checking it out. Uh, they actually recently just had a Kickstarter to, uh, translate the rest of the Narciso uh, games. There's, I think seven in total. And so they're bringing them out. Uh, I think the first two are available on steam for purchase now, uh, with, updated graphics, updated sound, uh, updated voice acting, and it's all seven of the stories that are going to be coming out instead of just these first two. But for something, I, I was like, oh, yeah, it's free to play. You knock out in a few hours, and it's, like, it's really good. I'm like, okay, I'll check it out. And I was absolutely blown away. I, it it changed me in a lot of ways playing this game.
3: It sounds like um it re- the way you are describing it, it reminds me so much of the Clannad series. Which is about, you know, the male protagonist who helps out, you know, different females of certain situations. Like, I thought at first, I'm like, is he talking about Clannad after story? But that's a completely different storyline. If you enjoyed that, I would highly suggest for you to try out Clannad. I, 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 I will novel say you nobody
1: can enjoy that <laughs> not but enjoy, you can appreciate exactly, the experience. Exactly. exactly I,
3: actually, I mean appreciating it. Yeah.
2: I tried Klein I only got part way through and it was like this is fucking boring as shit. And I mean Aww. I played for quite a while and it just is such a slow build and it's that traditional Japanese in school kind of story that just takes forever to get anywhere. And it got to the point where it's like, okay, I I give up. That it's it's just not going anywhere
1: because I'd heard such good things about that one as well. and it—it, it... Well, it's like Persona. you got to press the X button for 10 hours before you get to do anything.
2: <laughs> I'd well, rather I not. You
1: finally get to do something. It's awesome. Well, Screw that. Just After... do Sakura Swim. You get your fucking
2: After... satisfaction right right then and there.
3: Oh, to me, After Story is a lot more profound than the first one. So, I mean, it's all a matter of preference, but I watched the Clan Ed anime After Story never again. I won't do it. I sobbed uncontrollably uncontrollably and that's what Narcissue sounds like to me I'm like I don't know if I can handle that game that game would make me cry probably uncontrollably too but it's awesome that you found a visual novel that you enjoyed so much yeah
1: yeah and it's definitely something I wanted to bring up because it's not what we would traditionally think of as a visual novel because it's not a dating sim it's not interactive it's literally a visual novel but it was so well executed I I had to give it some attention okay anything else no that's good enough that's it all right,
2: ladies, anything else before we part? I think we um, lost sushi.
0: No, thanks for having me. It was fun. <laughs>
2: well, I wasn't done yet. I was going <laughs> to give you a chance to say goodbye. I just said, are there any games that you would like to give your two cents on before we part?
0: Oh, um, uh, yes, I I would. Um, right now, um, I just got uh, into the um, Trails series. So, um, Trails of Cold Steel just came out, well, a while ago, um, and it's a fabulous uh, JRPG, just great. Um, I actually went back and picked up um, Trails in the Sky, the the first one on the PSP, uh, with Estelle and Joshua, and I cannot stop playing it. Um, and... I, of course, I have to mention if you watch the podcast on Friday, I have to mention the Satan in My Life uh, Digimon uh, story, <laughs> Cyber Sleuth. Um, it's a surprise game. I was not expecting it to be that great. It literally is a huge time sink, and it will eat your soul. So, yep. oh yep.
1: well, wow. it's a going uh, recommendation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. uh,
3: for me, I've I've been playing a lot of the uh, Mobile Atome. I just I. Pretty much about 95% done on uh, the Mobile Atome for Shall We Date, War of Prayers. I just finished up uh, Matthew's storylines. I'm going to finish up my last one, which is Christopher. I think that is a great Mobile Tome. I think that one kind of set the bar for Shall We Date, in my opinion. And they just recently released also Arabian Nights, which is kind of starting off slow for me. I, I don't know if it's going to be on the caliber to what War of Prayers is for me, but the route that I've been playing for Zia, which is the uh, tiger boy from the Bengalit tribe trying to find his family. <laughs> as funny as that sounds. Um, it's actually really good. I'm enjoying the CG art for it and I'm enjoying the music and story, but We'll see. You guys should definitely check those out. Um, maybe you can't, maybe you don't have a Vita or a PC. You could always play on your uh, mobile device if you have a smartphone. So definitely check out the Shall we Date series. Check out the Voltage series. And check us out on our podcast. There I was going
2: to get you to plug that after. See, the only uh, thing I see you guys talking about on Twitter now is that stupid Senpai game. <laughs> oh,
0: notice me, Senpai. That's so all the- yeah. I see now. Ah, <laughs> oh, Skillshot Labs, bless you. Bless you it's so a great, much. I love it. It's the only, like, outside of um, a Tome mobile game that I actually can play. I hate yeah. mobile games. Um, and I can't, I check it constantly. I'm trying to get the last three senpai to give them my freaking Valentine Valentine's candy. Valentine's and yeah. they won't show up, and I keep having to switch the furniture, switch the coffee. I don't know what they want from me. But no,
3: I—we'll I, discuss this after the show, sushi. But there, I figured out there's a bug glitch between Ai and between Jean Senpai. You have to mix around the actual furniture because when you pick up Cupid Senpai and you don't pick up, um, just what is it, Narcissus Senpai? It's a whole. It's, you have to reverse their comes. furniture. But yes, definitely pick up. Not- <laughs> if you, guys, if you guys, if you guys are enjoying Neko Atsume, which is cat collector, you will absolutely love Notice Me Senpai, which I feel pays a small nod and a small tribute. To us Tome fans, it's definitely a lot of fun. You get to design your own cafe, and every time that you serve coffee to them, you can bring in a new senpai who could send you either a guest note after you've attained such a heart rating with them, or if you've hit max level with them on their visits after you've served them so much coffee and their favorite items, they'll actually give you a special CG, too. And I have literally a little album of them collected on my phone. So check out Notice Me Senpai from Skillshot Labs. They just did a Valentine's Day event starting yesterday. And I think they're going to actually be extending it now. to like the first or second week of March. So you can put Valentine's to each and every Senpai. And then on White Day, which is March 14th, all the Senpais will have a present for you. Just like it's supposed to be on White Day. So check out the game. It's free. You can't, you know, it can't beat free. And it's a lot of fun. So
1: go do it. Can I I just make a small observation? Mm
0: -hmm. It
1: weirds me out that you guys always talk about you capture the Senpai. (laughs) <laughs>
0: That's my fault. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was listening
1: like, to the show on Friday, you guys were talking about. Oh, did you catch this one? Did you capture that one? I was like, it's like. I'm sorry, boys. but I, after it's listening like to the, a bunch of their episodes, I feel a lot
2: less guilty about the stance for for being a man playing some of these games with female characters that are being over sexualized or whatever. Because apparently, Sushi has no problems caging a man, none whatsoever. <laughs> She will completely just humiliate these Pixel Boys.
3: You know It's not humiliating um, them, it's protecting them. They're (laughs) happy. They're They're
0: happy. Yeah. You know, they're they're taken care of. They get attention. um, you know, and they don't have to worry about anything. They're they're okay. They're
3: taken out of harm's way. I fail to see the issue with this on that note Sorry.
2: <laughs> thank you both very very much for dropping by The show notes barely nothing in it. I knew we wouldn't have a problem talking for a couple of hours
3: <laughs> So <laughs> thank, thank you so you much for having for us.
2: being on Alicia let us know where we can find the podcast.
3: Uh, you can find the podcast at twitch.tv slash cbheroines. And as well, you can also find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash cbheroines. And on YouTube. Oh, and on YouTube. Well, um, we'll just look for the Twitter because we don't have a custom URL yet. So it's a bitch to find us. <laughs> and
2: Alicia, where can they find you personally?
3: Uh, you guys can also find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash pizza made, or
0: you can find me on my own personal blog, pizza made.moe.
2: And. Sushi.
0: Yes, you can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, um, everywhere as uh, Sushi Geisha. Uh, Also on Twitch, I stream Monday and Wednesday nights usually.
2: Which is hysterical and you should watch it.
0: (laughs) Thank you. It's probably
2: not meant to be hysterical, but trust me, it is. (laughs) A lot of fun to watch. And, uh, And you also have a site as well.
0: Oh, yes. Um, it's SushiGeisha.co, and as Allie can tell you, it's co.com because I cannot afford the M. If anyone would like to give me $1,500 to buy SushiGeisha.com, that would be great. Who's sitting
1: on that URL?
0: I have no
1: idea. And, and why, why did is it going to pay him? off one day? <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> <laughs> and you
2: can find us, of course, at For The Lore. You can find the show notes there, and you can find the live stream Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern time at ForTheLore.com slash live. You can find us on Twitter at ForTheLore or individually. Joe is Lord ZJ. Go ahead and wish him a happy birthday for today. Vince is Simodian, and myself is Zen Buddhist. And you can leave us your thoughts and comments on iTunes and Stitcher. And with that, we will see you for a far more normal episode next week.
3: Return the Return the sushi, I got a new senpai I'm hanging out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Take care, people
3: I finally fucking got I-, <laughs> <laughs> I hear you laughing and snickering
2: With just
0: cards. Hello?
2: Hello there Sushi That's the sushi geisha to you Yeah <laughs> Bitch, oh, come sorry. on. <laughs> Christ.
3: Where's the birthday boy?
2: He is not going to be here, apparently.
0: Oh. Wait until the it's last
2: some minute. sort of
1: mystery adventure, apparently.
2: He doesn't bother to tell me either. I have to be the one to say, oh, by the way, are
1: you going to be here? It's your birthday. Nope. <laughs> Fuck you, Joe. <laughs>
3: He didn't want to talk to me. He didn't want to talk. Yeah, that's
1: that's novels. exactly what it is. You know, he didn't play any games. Oh, of
3: course he didn't. I'm not surprised. Oh, <laughs> Our plan when is I, unfoiled. When
1: I, when I was doing my research for this episode, every time I saw him log into Steam, binding of Isaac, Rocket League. Like those aren't visual novels, Joe.
3: <laughs> what are you talking about? The chat on the bottom left corner of Rocket League is clearly visual novel. <laughs> I always have a romanceable route calling me a troll or nerd rage or something along those lines.
2: If I had to play fucking amnesia, you better play that shit too.
3: Ah, <laughs> at least. You, did you enjoy it? Did you finish the route?
0: <laughs> oh, no, we'll he, he, did <laughs> he did not. He did not.
2: That may have come across on Twitter.
0: <laughs> may just Just a little, maybe. <laughs> you
3: had to see he was bitching and complaining about it on my Saturday night stream when I was playing how to take off your mask he's <laughs> like I have to do this for a fucking month I'm only on the third I'm like oh here we go here we go
2: it so it, wasn't if you're the-
1: really dedicated you can get you can out by around the 14th
3: <laughs> uh, by
1: offing I, yourself apparently how is that I right
3: I didn't say offing yourself I said if you were nearby
0: a cliff
1: you can jump. <laughs> no, <laughs> That's you can jealous choice. ex-girlfriends throw you off.
0: Fan girls.
3: Yeah,
2: it, it's a choice. It's a choice if you want
1: to be chased Again, by the fan a, girls. It's a choice if you. Oh, oh, stop talking.
2: <laughs> Save it for the show. Okay,
3: of course,
2: of course. Oh, are the we rage allowed to even spoilers?
3: Oh fuck yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. I doubt we're going to ruin much for our core fan base. Yeah, really, our fan base. Pfft this this is stretching it <laughs> <laughs> speaking of spoilers you haven't listened to D D yet have you
3: i told you i wasn't going to i okay. saw is this the end for sir reginald and robin i'm not listening to it
1: okay you have to no no Robin's what
3: kind so of alive?
2: fan are you that you would not listen to this
3: if robin dies i am no longer listening oh to fuck the sir
2: reginald up. it's robin thank you very much well, yes. I'll
1: have we you know she would spirit. be nothing without Sir Reginald. You would not believe the lengths she has gone through to protect NPCs in my campaigns.
3: <laughs> I love Robin. Robin's got my dedication.
1: <laughs> we need a
2: T-shirt. Save Robin. Fuck <laughs> Sir Reginald. Save Robin.
3: <laughs> and just put a the silhouette should, of a Sheila behind we her. We should
2: put up a Twitter poll. <laughs> uh, who bites it first? Yes, literally. <laughs>
3: Can we make a T-shirt with like a spotlight on a skillet, and then just put dot 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 save Robin?
1: It'd be like the the, the when uh, DC killed off uh, what's his name, uh, second Robin, um, Grayson. No,
2: no, not Grayson. Uh, Jason Todd.
1: Yeah, when they did the the hotline yeah. where the fans would call in to determine whether he died or not. I could just, I'll take over
2: as Robin. (laughs) No,
3: you're not allowed to. To be
2: perfectly honest, Robin was a better
1: character. (laughs) Hey, come on. I'm in the room. (laughs) What the hell? I'm just saying, if you would let Robin guide you through the jungle, y'all would have gotten there much quicker. Her survival roles are much higher than yours.
3: Did Robin die? Did Robin die?
1: Not yet. Listen to the episode.
3: (gasps) Not yet?
2: listen to the episode
3: i refuse if it's if it's yes. imminent of a potential death for robin i have no reason listening in that case i can't make wow. my own happy ending that she still lives wow. happily. that's
2: not support for your let's be honest probably future husband and me that's no support whatsoever
3: <laughs> my support goes to robin <laughs> this has never been hidden
2: deeply wounded
3: sorry to say. I want her to go back home with the horses in the stable. Oh, <laughs> well, that ain't gonna I happen. Wishing, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I keep wishing for the best. I uh, should just get to go back home. That
2: was never in the cards.
3: <laughs> you said it had a fighting chance.
2: <laughs> oh, no.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Dream crusher. How dare you? Why
1: should our romance just keep on
3: you such I Fucking saved you on the ship. Saved you at the pirate? She didn't
2: save us on the ship.
3: She did too. She, she, did did, so, not she not risked her life sa- on the line. She was your bodyguard. She was your Kevin Costner. Oh and then she got flung. <laughs> she, well, she got <laughs> <laughs> that, that's exactly that is exactly what happened. Sir Reginald was Whitney. Bobby <laughs> <laughs> was Kevin Costner. She's Kevin Costner. This one for the team tooth like monster came around. <laughs> Tell me what I know.
1: I'm trying not to laugh because it's gonna give me a coughing fit.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Roger's dead! <laughs> god, I wish I could draw. <laughs> Cause you would actually draw that and then put it to the tune of And I Will Always oh Love my You, right?
2: God. Okay. Oh, dude, I got my windows.
3: I hope you do that, or somebody does. Somebody out there listening.
2: Listen, just just so we're <laughs> clear on this, she would be nothing without us original She wouldn't. She wouldn't. She'd have been like the she would be a successful business owner NPC
3: and happy that would
2: be stuck in her house, never have enjoyed adventure. I
3: walk Say what she will, I you wouldn't all- even
2: remember her from the adventure.
3: I would never forget Robin. Is I would he, never forget. She Robin.
2: wouldn't have a name.
3: Uh, <laughs> hashtag, hashtag never forget. <laughs> never forget Robin. <laughs> I'm putting that on the CB heroines Twitter right now.
2: <laughs> What's more telling here is that Vince has a difficult decision to make. It shouldn't I, even be. Decision. A, it shouldn't I've be a decision. decision. <laughs> but it should. It's a difficult decision. To fuck NPC versus a character that a
1: friend created. <laughs> Which one should live? <laughs> and this is causing stress. From my point of view, how much easier would my job be without Sir Sirenh? <laughs> Boring as shit. Let's be honest.
3: <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to For The Lore. Each week, the show is broadcast live on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Stop by forthelore.com slash live to join the conversation and have your thoughts discussed on the show. If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Comic Book Informer, a weekly podcast from Vince and Roger, as well as Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV,
3: and anime podcast.